Hello everybody and welcome to the Learning Through Play podcast. I'm Sarah, an early childhood teacher, mum of three and wife. I'm also a student in a Master of Education, Cognitive Psychology and Learning Practices. You can view my blog at babybrainconnections.com. This is the sixth episode of our Learning Through Play podcast and today's episode is called Information Processing. I want to give you an analogy of what I think information processing looks like. Imagine you're in your home office. You have a chair, a desk with paper, your mobile phone, a whiteboard and a really big filing cabinet. Now I want you to think about your sensory input as your chair. Your desk is now your short-term memory, otherwise known as your working memory, and your really large filing cabinet is your long-term memory. Take a seat in your office chair. What do you hear, see, smell, taste or touch? What thoughts are popping into your head? Visually, we take in images within a second, but our hearing sense is a little slower. We hear and interpret within three to six seconds. Maybe you have a lot on your mind and all of a sudden you hear your child scream. Take a seat in that chair. That's your audio sensory input hollering at you to listen up. Your sensory input wants you to start taking notes. It's making you quickly get out that pen and paper at your desk, your working memory. At your desk you start writing. Is he screaming because he's hungry, tired, hurt, upset, whinging or did something terrible happen? You are now retrieving memories from your filing cabinet, which is your long-term memory. You pull out memories of that sound specifically to that child. Is he whinging or is it an almighty scream in pain? All this is taking 18 to 30 seconds, by which that stage you would have already reached your child to figure out what the cause of that scream was. The working memory has three functions. Either you spit out and forget information as quickly as it comes in. Two, it gets rehearsed in an executive function on your working desk, using your whiteboard or mobile to brainstorm. That's where we rethink problems over. Or three, your thought is encoded into your long-term memory and that's the best way to store information. It might be a seed of knowledge, but we can always go back to that seed and construct it into a piece of fruit later. Do you daydream a lot? Or maybe you have conversations with yourself perfectly normal to think about images or have an inner dialogue. We call this the executive function. In the working memory in your office, you either draw images on your office whiteboard called your visual loop, rehearsing over the daydreams or images. When you're talking to yourself on your office mobile, it's known as your phonological loop. You can also rehearse and maybe you have the same discussions with yourself every time you have a quiet moment to think. Maybe you add something different to your inner dialogue and constantly construct it but differently. The goal is to encode new information, which is the process between the short-term memory 
into long-term memory. It needs to be an easy encoded brain pathway so that retrieval for that memory is also easier. We can always pull different declarative knowledge files out of our filing cabinet and reconstruct or scaffold knowledge differently later. What's the point in learning about information processing? Why do I want to learn about the process of learning new information? What if I told you that by understanding how you learn and encode into your long-term memory affects how you can retrieve information when you need it best? That by practicing a new skill, you would automatically ingrain it into your long-term memory. Now think, wouldn't this benefit my children? What if we could halve the time it takes to learn simply by understanding a quicker way to encode information from the working memory into the long-term memory? Halve the time and make learning more efficient. The only way we can do it is to find out our own particular learning style. We also know that images take less than a second to be sent into the sensory input, so having visual images during lessons means we are offering children another way to work on new information. Another helpful tip is that understanding each other's perspectives makes us retrieve and construct new meanings from old and new information so that children work together, the better the declarative knowledge will be. We can use these kind of techniques to make learning efficient and you can too at home. Now, I have a confession to make. <laughs> I hate reading books. I absolutely hate having to read the same book to my kids at night. It drives me insane. <laughs> Why do I do it? Well, the practice of reading lights up their sensory input and executive function in the working memory. My kids are also pulling pieces from their filing cabinets to remember what's coming up in the story. Each time we add another piece of information to that memory, we're scaffolding knowledge together. So if you're like me and you cringe at the sight of piranhas don't eat bananas, take note of what's driving your motivation to read with them. Play podcast is a byproduct of our Baby Brain Connections business. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook or visit our website at babybrainconnections.com. My hope is to create a community of parents and educators who want to better understand the metacognitive reasonings behind play. Thank you for listening and supporting our Learning Through Play weekly podcast.